Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, guys, and I have a great treat for us in store today. Today's guest is an entrepreneur. He's a content creator, uh, the founder of Payment Pilot and Elevate Outsourcing, and to top it all off, a contributing member of the Forbes Business Council. Please welcome the show, Chris Kelly. Chris, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy you're here, man. You got a, uh, a banging story to tell. You've got your own payment processing company. You've got an outsourcing company, staffing company that's just just skyrocketing. Um, I don't want to ruin the story. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Um, I want you to tell it kind of organically. So just before we like dig into that stuff, uh, give us a quick pitch, a quick overview, just exactly who are you? Yeah, so uh, my name's Chris. I live in Charlotte with uh, with my wife and my two dogs and two cats. And, uh, you know, we, we run a couple of businesses around here. And I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So, you know, I really enjoy just kind of diving in and getting my hands dirty. I really like to build things. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, yeah, we just, we, we keep it moving. We stay really, really busy. Uh, and you know, we run pretty fast. Tell me about growing up in an entrepreneurial family, man. What was, what was life like as a kid? Well, I mean, so my, uh, my dad, he was a a self-employed, uh, financial planner. Um, and then, uh, you know, he got into auditory just selling hearing aids for himself. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, it was, it was, it was fun to see, uh, the freedom of time because he was around a lot, right. Mm -hmm. Which was good. Um, you know, work from home and things like that, you know, but I think that was before that was a cool thing. Right. And, uh, had a, had a home office and, um, you know, my mom was a wedding planner. So, uh, so that was, you know, she had an office downtown in our really small town of Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she did weddings and quinceaneras and prom parties and, you know, things like that. And it was just a lot of, she's really creative on her side. So, you know, you, she would, you know, the balloon arches that you see people, she would build them from scratch and she would build all these sets out for, for photos. And, um, she had a business partner that was, you know, what, one of, uh, the mother of one of my best friends at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I mean, it it was, you know, it was, it was good. I never grew up around anybody that had a, a a real job. Were were you a part of that then the, the child labor blowing up balloons (laughs) and building arches and stuff? Cause you know, I, I, as, as a kid, I, my, my dad had companies and side hustles and I always had to go to work with him and be a part of it. I mean, how about you? Is that how you spent your summers? Uh, yeah, well, kind of, that's actually kind of a funny story. I did not remember this, um, until you brought it up. (laughs) So I used to have to work for the caterers at the wedding. Oh, wow. Right. And I I get paid for it, Mm -hmm. but basically I would, I was a food runner. And so, you know, the weddings, everybody has the big round tables and there's a lot of chaos going on. And I was, I did this for a number of years until we were doing this Indian wedding one time and it was, they were rowdy. They were rowdy as hell. And we were walking around with the uh, with the trays and the big tray, probably 15 plates on it, something like that. Oh, wow. Somebody crazy. somebody bumped me. Right. And I ended up dropping one of the trays, like literally one of the plates flipped off the back of the tray and fell into the lap of the maid of honor. Oof. And <laughs> it was like I just kept moving. I saw I felt it get lighter. and I was like, oh, shit, this is not going to end well. And uh, 
yeah, it, uh, so anyway, I was not, uh, I, I didn't run food anymore after that. So it was, it was Dude, <laughs> I think people that listen to the podcast may have heard this before, but I, I ran food one time ever. I think I was, I was 14 years old and, uh, one, one of the waitresses heard her hand and they said, Oh, Sam, wait tables. And I, I dropped a full tray of drinks. The, the last table I ever ran, that was it. First and one, I was, I was promoted to dishwasher very quickly after that. They didn't, they didn't there you go. Out right. Thank you doesn't matter how dirty you get back there. Yeah, top tip then, if you don't want to be a way to throw food at people. Funny story though, is I, I did all through college and even outside, even outside of college, whenever I started my first business, mm-hmm. you know, bartending and serv- serving tables. So, so I did that for about 10 years, yeah. Let, let's go there then. Let's talk about your first business and, uh, and where you actually got started on your journey. So what did you go to, what did you go to school for first off? Uh, so I went to, <laughs> went to school to party basically right okay uh, my degree is in interdisciplinary social sciences whatever that means right um what? it was basically uh, i don't know me what out. that means i don't know what that means <laughs> yeah it's like sociology and you know it's it's a bullshit degree right but okay. i wanted to finish and you know it is what it is right mm-hmm. um by the point by the time i finished i had already been running my payment processing business for like seven years it was really profitable and it was just kind of one of those you know i i went back just to just to get the piece of paper, right? Right, right, right. Nobody in my family has a degree, so I said, you know, I'll be, I'll be the first one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Um, so I got into the payment processing business, which was my first business. I've been doing it almost eighteen years now. Um, it was my first job out of, out of uh, whenever I moved down to Tampa, whenever I had left college the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked for a, a pretty large, uh, publicly traded company on uh, commission. And I became quickly became one of their uh, one of their top sales reps in the nation. Um, and I discovered residual income probably mm-hmm. about seven months, eight months in uh, when I whenever I brought it to my manager's attention that I would like to be compensated differently. I was uh, terminated. Right. Immediately. Right. Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, after I got done feeling sorry for myself, I said, you know, hey, I think I can do this on my own. And I was able to find a couple of companies that just let me do independent contracting and you know, I built my book of business and, you know, we went, uh, it, it just took off from there. That seems like it's, it seems far too simple. <laughs> it's, it seems it's far too simple. Was there, was there anything like calling you towards that? Or was it just something that you, you saw happen as part of a job and thought, you know what, this is profitable. I can do this myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think that I was, it was something I was good at and, um, and I'm relatively stubborn, did not want to learn anything else. Um, I also realized that I'm not a good employee at that time. Mm-hmm. I just I don't, um, I'm very independent and, and I don't, uh, I like working by myself. I don't like being told what to do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just kind of natural progression is, you know, hey, if you can't keep a job, you may as well go work for yourself. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I make a terrible employee. <laughs> yeah. I'm not good. I'm not good at it. So. You you said like your mom had a uh, a wedding planning business mm-hmm. and your dad uh, he he sold financial services and then moved into uh, into hearing aids. How yeah. did having two entrepreneurs as parents? How did that mold you as an entrepreneur? And what what do you think it taught you uh, that made you a little different from the kids coming fresh out of college? I think that not having to hear people come home and bitch about their boss uh, probably had a, a pretty big impact on me. I'm, I mean, I don't know what other families are like right. um, from that, but that was never, 
a topic of conversation. I mean, I know that, you know, whenever I, whenever I was just coming out of moving out of Tampa and coming out of school the first time we, that was the topic. Anytime you went out was, Oh, I can't believe my boss did this. And just, bitch, yeah. bitch, bitch. I had never heard that. Dude, I'd, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. It, dude, it's been so long since I've hung out in those kind of circles, but that's all they ever yeah. talk about. It's mm-hmm. all they ever talk about. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so just not being around that yeah. or not or realizing that that's, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I wasn't necessarily jaded to, uh, until I experienced it. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah no i i get that so in your journey as you started out into credit card processing you're just now mm-hmm. setting up this business what were a couple of things that uh that maybe set you back a little bit that maybe surprised you at the difficulty of that you didn't see coming tell, tell me about some obstacles early on that you overcame yeah so th- this is actually something that whenever i left from that company and started my own I was only responsible for sales initially. And then I did not realize that when you're quote unquote on your own, right? As an yeah. independent agent, I was now responsible for sales. I was responsible for customer service. Mm-hmm. I was responsible for tech support. And that's something I had absolutely, I didn't know anything about a credit card machine at that point. So I had to quickly learn it because it was my, you know, it was my book of business. So I right. had to go prospect. I had to write the deal. I had to, you know, carry through underwriting. I had to come out, I had to do the install, meaning bringing them their terminal, right? Mm-hmm. And then handle any ongoing customer support. And I had no idea how much time that was going to eat up, the technical stuff. I mean, it would sometimes it would take an entire day to go plug a machine in for somebody, right? Because oh, wow. that was back in the day, a dial up, you had to reprogram yeah. the machines. That, you know, somebody tried to call in the middle of the download, reprogramming the machine, and it was on a dial-up. Right? Oh man! This was back in two thousand five, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. If somebody tried to call, right, it would, it would. You'd have to restart the whole thing, the whole thing over. Oh. So <laughs> there's no way to yeah. turn that. There's no way to turn that off, is there? Now everything's IP. You just plug it in, boom, mm-hmm. bang, boom, good to go. But back yeah. then it was a little bit more difficult. Yeah. No, you're right. I, you know, I forget what life was like when we had to rely on notepads and and uh, you know pages. Huh? It just, uh, it's changed so much that we're able to just plug shit in and have it work almost immediately yep. now. So, yep. uh, yeah, man. So what was your first big win? Like how, when did it come that you knew you're like, shit, this, this, this thing's going to work. The fulfillment, oh, the fulfillment's a pain in the butt and the, the customers are a pain in the butt, but damn, if this thing isn't going to work, talk me through that. Oh man. I got a, um, was that a B and I meeting? Right. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy, Doug, who was involved with a lot of theater. And uh, this is in Tampa. And he referred me to a couple of his his friends um, that ran a credit repair agency out of Clearwater, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I did not know, but this was a high risk account. They ended up um, they ended up getting closed down a couple of years later for for a number of different reasons, I was told. But the um, it was it was a high risk account. So that meant I could charge a whole lot more. Right. 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 And it was my first, I mean, I think I was 25 or something like that. Yeah, 24, 25, you know, and I had this one account that, you know, I'm used to get making 50 to $60 a month per account, right? Grinding, you know, yeah. getting out there, getting after it, right? It was good money, whatever. After a while, this account paid me $10,000 a month to start. Wow. And yeah, and it moved up and it got bigger as the years went on until until they had to close. And I just remember being like, wow, this is cool. Like, I mean, I was relatively irresponsible about it at first i took a lot of time off and went fishing all the time and you know i was fine i wish i would have you know in retrospect i wish i wouldn't have not have done that as much as often yeah but 
it was, you know, you, I went from making 40 to 50, maybe 60,000 a year on a good year, mm-hmm. you know, to 200 almost overnight. And, uh, and, you know, so that was, that was kind of a game changer to be, you know, single and young in Tampa, you know, you're making money and not really having anybody to tell you what to do. It's a lot of fun. So aside from the fun, when you got that much money, what kind of mistakes did you make with it? Well, I didn't understand taxes at all. Mm -hmm. That first year was whenever I um, got an accountant, right? Somebody told me I had to get an accountant at that point. And he told me that I owed the IRS, whatever it was, it was an absurd amount of money and I did not have it. (laughs) So um, that was something that at that point, that was a, that was a, uh, uh, a, a giant eye opener from a financial responsibility. Um, you know, definitely, I think that's something they should certainly teach you in school or at least make you aware of because right. that hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, we got through it, but yeah, that was definitely a hard lesson. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, uh, have an accountant starting out, right? You, I know how much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's fast forward a little bit and talk about what you've got going on right now. Uh, I think this could be super helpful to a lot of the listeners because you have spent the last couple of years building and perfecting an outsourcing company. So, and it and it's not even here. It's not even in this uh, in this country. So, tell us first off about Elevate Outsourcing. How did that come about? Yeah. So. Um... Elevate was started almost by accident. Uh, So my credit card processing company, obviously that had been going along for a number of years. And I was attending a conference um, where a speaker was talking about how to leverage your time Mm -hmm. uh, by utilizing virtual assistants in other countries. And so I started doing some homework and, you know, and, and studying up on that and learned how to put a job ad out. And, you know, I went through a whole lot of resumes and it, it, it turns out it's quite difficult if you don't know what you're doing, it can certainly be done, but it's very time consuming. Um, yeah. I certainly went through a whole lot of bad ones. Um, but then what ended up happening was I kind of figured out how to interview and I figured out exactly what it is that I was looking for, because that's what most people, whenever they say, Hey, I want one, a, a virtual assistant. That's yeah. well, what do you want them for? They don't, they don't necessarily know. So that's, that was a problem that I had in the beginning. Um, I was able to scale, you know, my credit card processing company significantly, you know, over the course of a few years. Um, and then I, you know, I helped out one of my friends, right. He's like, Hey, I'm having, I'm having some hard time. I'm like, well, let me get you an assistant. Let me find one. And then I helped one of his friends and I helped somebody else's friend. And then I attended a, uh, I was at another group, another networking group. And I met somebody there that, that did that for a living. Mm -hmm. And I was just asking him questions about, uh, how he got started, how much he charges, things like that. I literally walked out of the meeting. I called Diana, who's been with me since basically day one. I was like, Diana, we're starting, uh, we're starting a virtual assistant company like tomorrow. Let's get it going, right? So it was, uh, it happened by accident, um, but I'm glad it did. So if I'm a small business owner and let's say I've got one or two employees and I'm, I'm just starting to grow my business, what's the main difference between hiring a couple of extra employees and, and going your route and going like the virtual route, what are some of the benefits of that? Well, first and foremost, it's going to be, you know, investment. Um, you know, when you when you go offshore and you hire outside of America, you know, there's going to be a significant discount, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I also have found in most in more recent months last year, I would say that the um, the level of enthusiasm um, is, is typically better. We work primarily out of the Philippines. Uh Um, 
And so what we found is we find people who are actually excited about working and still want to do their absolute best. They show up, they're proud of the job that they do. Not to say that's not here in America, but I think, you know, we could all agree the last year or two has been kind of strange. Yeah. Um, yeah and that definitely has, you know, it maybe been a little bit diluted over here, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's first and foremost, you know, what attracted me initially was the price. And I was curious about their abilities. And what I found is that, I mean, you know, more often than not, you're going to get, when you interview right. And when you, when you put the, the, when, when you follow the right path, essentially, you, you find some rock stars over there for sure. So what are some of the like initial tasks that you would suggest a you know small entrepreneur looking at outsourcing? What are some of the initial things? And, and it's, it's always intrigued me because I, I would wonder, what am I going to give this guy that's going to keep him busy for 40 hours this week? You know, what are some jumping off points? That is the, and right there, what you just said, what, what am I going to, how am I going to keep this, this person busy? That's what everybody struggles with. So what I recommend that people do is sit down, first of all, do a time study, right? If you're not, if you're not tracking what you do for, um, you know, hour to hour or, you know, every two hours or every three hours for the course of a week, like literally writing it down mm -hmm. and seeing, you're going to find out there, there's, this is where all your time sucks are, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of it's social media stuff. It could be, you know, I mean, whatever it is, but you, you're going to find if you write down what you did for that hour and you're actually honest with yourself, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're, we all waste a lot of time, right? Um, yes, sir. So, you know, so I recommend starting there. Um, and then, you know, what I do is I take a list of uh, administrative, creative and technical tasks is how they typically get broken down. Mm -hmm. Find the stuff that you're doing on a day to day basis or a weekly basis or whatever it is. And then you can do an ABC, meaning uh, or classification, meaning A is something that you absolutely love to do. Right. I want to keep it. I'm really good at it. I enjoy it. it makes my day. I love it. Right. Yeah. So those are going to be those tasks um, are going to be classified as an A. B would be things that maybe I'm indifferent to, you know, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Don't hate it. Um, and yeah. then C, I hate it. Can't do it. Get it off my plate. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you do a time study and couple it with that A, B and C classification, right. A lot of times you're going to be able, that's going to be a good uh, way to get started as to, Hey, this is the shit I need to get off my plate. Um, and a lot of the times it's going to be, you know, just general, you know, appointment setting or email management, calendar management, uh, graphic design, you know, a lot of social media stuff. That's that's one of the big things we get asked for is, hey, how, you know, how how can you help me with social media? Um, it's just a lot of the grind work, right? The stuff that yeah. takes up, eats a lot of time that, you know, here you're going to find somebody that wants 60 or 70 grand a year to do, right? At least 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so that that's how I recommend <laughs> to get started with that. Find out what it, exactly what it is that, that you're looking for, um, you know, and go into it with a plan. Yeah. So how many virtual assistants do you use in the course of operating your businesses? Um, so we have... Do you use virtual assistants to operate the virtual assistant company? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was, I was hoping that only... would be the answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. for sure. I'm the only uh, employee in the, that's here in the States. Everybody else is over there. My business development, my marketing all my creative, my director of operations, the person who runs the actual building that we're in, right? Everybody's over there. And well, that's- Yeah, I was gonna ask how you build a culture and solid foundations and a shared mission and all that stuff, but you just you just answered that. You do it with local, mm -hmm. ta you do it with local talent. Um, yeah. So I just, I voided my own question. 
<laughs> yeah, man, I, I hire on core values, right? Yeah. Yeah. All around that. So I find people that that I jive with, um, and that jive with me too, because you know it's you know I'm not I'm not the easiest. Uh, I mean, but you're yeah, okay. I mean, you're okay. You know, it depends, right? Uh, but yeah, and so that's you know we hire around that, and then that's they build the culture over there. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, um, I just you know they do like for instance on Friday, look, every Friday we feed them, right? We you know mm. we we have like a family lunch or whatever that that they bring in, and the the person who was voted employee of the week or whatever you want to call it gets to pick the restaurant right oh, nice. and so yeah so that's pretty cool and then once a month um on friday or saturday nights they allow their families and friends to come to the office and play video games right oh, yeah, yeah video games are really big over there right where they're all playing you know collectively and we have all the computers and the internet's a lot faster in our building than it usually is at their house and so that that's kind of and that was something i didn't even know about right they just told me they're like hey you know this you know, you know, we're starting to get a lot of resumes from the from the video game night. I was like, video game night. What are you, what yeah. are you guys talking? About? That's so, impressive. Yeah, mm -hmm. the fact they've taken yeah. that initiative on, and and you've managed to 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 push those leaders to to really take the initiative to build that man. That's really that's really something. Well, the best part about this, I didn't even ask them to do it. They did it on their own. Right, that initiative yeah. there. Like, you've, mm -hmm. you've, tell me about the core values that you operate by, uh, individually and as uh, as as. Uh, outsourcing company yeah so um you know my personal ones are you know is earn it own it be grateful for it right mm -hmm. um earn it obviously we operate with integrity right um i don't want you know we'll sure i'll, I'll take if somebody wants to give me something i'll take it right 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 um, but i'm not gonna you know we don't take we don't steal do everything ethically right we're gonna earn it we're gonna do it the right way mm -hmm. right um own it is this is the biggest one for me this is like you know, honestly this is I've cut so many people out of my life that if you make a mistake, it's okay. Just right. admit it, right? And fix it and then do your best to not make it again. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, for me, it drives me absolutely crazy when somebody makes a mistake and they and they refuse to admit it. And it's just, it doesn't matter. Everybody fucks up all the time, right? I right. make mistakes every single day, but you know, I'm never the one that's going to throw somebody else under the bus. Oh, this was, it wasn't my fault. It was his fault, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's my, that's my big one. Right. Um, and then, uh, be grateful for it. Right. That's, that's something that you know, I've, I've just learned to be more cognizant of recently. Uh, you know, and that's just not, you know, don't let your ego get too big. Um, you know, realize that, you know, I think Mark Cuban said something like you should work every day as if someone else is working to take everything away from you. It's the same, you know, you can wake up tomorrow and, and your certain your circumstances can be completely different than they were before you went to bed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, being able to just, you know, practice gratitude daily. Was gratitude, I mean, so to back up, I mean, gratitude is something that I found um, a couple of years ago with the G-code. It wasn't something I really mm -hmm. ever looked into before that. How has your worldview changed since you found gratitude? I just think that you just stop taking things for granted and then it, it also allows you to see what's really to focus and give your attention on the stuff that's really important to you, as opposed to letting in things that are maybe noise that are just they're distractions. Um, when you when you when you practice gratitude daily and actually call them out and put a name to things. Um, it really allows you to focus your energy and your effort on things that are important to you. Um, and it keeps them front of mind all the time. Yeah, I like that. It, I mean, it definitely changed um, 
definitely changed how I, I went about my days, realizing mm -hmm. that being grateful for the things I had was really the, the key to, to finding happiness. So yeah, I was glad that, uh, that, 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 that happened. And I discovered that. Tell me a little more about your personal development journey. Cause like the half of the people listening won't see your picture, but you're, you're in exceptionally good shape, um, for your age. So talk to me about that. Is that something you've carried with you since high school or have you had uh, struggles with that? Well, I appreciate the hell out of that. First of all, um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think that, you know, that's something that I struggle with is the way I view myself versus the way others view me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you. Um, but you know, it's, I, I try to stay active. I used to be very, very active, you know, in high school and college and even out to, you know, but you know, the, the older I get, the less active I find myself. And that is something that mo very recently, you know, I, I had realized that I was, you know, I was not, not necessarily letting myself go, mm -hmm. but kind of letting myself go in terms of, I, I wasn't, you know, I was turning very sedentary and I wasn't watching the food that I ate. And I was really, I feel like that bleeds over into other, if you can be lazy here, you can be lazy there. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So that's kind of something more recently that I'm trying to dial back in and get back to, you know, where, where I used to. Right. So, so could I, could I get a virtual assistant then to go in my HEB shopping app and order food for me every other day? Is that absolutely? Something? Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. Hundred percent. All, right. All right. So if if you're feeling kind of inclined, uh, message Chris and get you a virtual assistant to get you groceries. I know that'd take, yeah, that that take care of the healthy eating, wouldn't it? Right there. If you just mm -hmm. uh, outsource your grocery shopping, then you wouldn't be tempted. And there's by so candy. much stuff you can outsource. Like what, I mean, man? Give give me oh an example. Gosh. I know I don't even think of this because I if I, I I struggle to see somebody in the Philippines ordering my groceries. So yeah, give me some examples of of what I could utilize outsourcing for. Well, I mean, you said it right there. Groceries, number one, you can outsource laundry, right? There are so many laundry services that that can be scheduled like on demand, right? Dry cleaning, you know, they'll come to your house, and they'll pick it up. So the way that my you know, I have several virtual assistants, right? Obviously, but my main one, we're in we're in communication all day, every day, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, he's my he's my guy, right? Always beside me. Um, and was, was he the very, guy? Was he the guy that beat ten? The guy that beat ten on the interview. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> so, um, and he's just like, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, just proactive. That's the mm -hmm. word. You know, he realizes that my success is his success. And it's that great, it's that partnership, right? It's that, you know, it's that, it's that, you know, Jordan Pippen type complimentary relationship. If I forget something, he picks up the ball, right? It's, uh, um, you know, he, he knows everybody in my family's, uh, you know, everybody's birthdays, all the anniversaries, mm -hmm. coordinates, fucking gifts being sent out, flowers, you know, whatever. Um, you know, when, if I need dry cleaning, you know, he'll, he'll order that, right. Just come to my house, pick it up. He'll remind me the night before, Hey, don't forget. Right. You got, you got two U's coming tomorrow. Right. Okay, cool. Um, you know, ask me about my groceries. What do I need? What is, you know, it's, it's, uh, when you, it's, it's somebody who has your back. Right. All the time, business and personal. And it's, you know, in the, you get, you get something that's, um, when they're proud of what they do and they take pride, right. It's, you know, that the opportunities are endless. There's a great book. There's two great books, actually. Um, the one is called The CEO's Secret Weapon. Mm -hmm. I'm writing these down. Yeah, it's a good one. This is because whenever I first got into the business, I, um, I'm trying to see. 
Um, he's looking, on his, he's looking on his bookshelf behind him. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know what they could be used for, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was like, what else can we do? So there's a, a, a great book called The CEO's Secret Weapon. And then I took it from the other angle. I said, well, hey, how can, if I'm going to market virtual assistants to people, I need to know what the best ones are going to do. So then there's a book um, called Be the Ultimate Assistant. Uh-huh. Be, yeah, Be the Ultimate Assistant. By this lady, I'm butcher the name, Bonnie something. But um, uh, but anyway, so that was, the, it was, it was from both sides of the coin, right? One was from how to be, how to be the best virtual assistant. And then on the CEO's secret weapon is how to utilize your virtual assistant to become the best version of yourself. Gotcha. Yeah. Good I wrote, Easy reads. I wrote both of those down. So I have to ask because like, I, I know you got your finger in quite a few pies and I see you more and more in the apex group in that network, um, contributing being more of a contributor you're putting out more content so what's coming up for chris man outside of the payment processing industry and outside of the uh, the vas what's your plan because i see you getting a lot more active yeah that's it kind of started off it's a lot of fun um and to be honest with you i don't i don't know where it's going to take me mm-hmm. um you know i i've i've done some small speaking events and i think they're really really fun um, and I like to be able to go out and share my story, but also, um, share, I just like to tell people how, how I did it. Right. I think it's a lot right. of fun to share that kind of stuff. So, you know, the videos that we put out in the, in the, in the blogs and the Forbes and entrepreneur.com and all this stuff is it's, it's, it's more of a release for me, mm-hmm. um, to just kind of let it all out. Right. Um, and if, you know, if it, it, I really didn't think anybody was going to be paying any attention to it. And I really still don't think it's making that big of an impact, but it is really cool when somebody reaches out and say, Hey, I saw your article or I watched that video and you know, Mm -hmm. it really, it really helped me. I think that's, that's really cool. So I don't necessarily have any like, you know, grand, you know, scale plans for anything moving forward. I kind of, I like to just kind of wing it and see where it goes, but like, (laughs) I thought you all sound fun. So, so tell me like, I, I'm over here thinking like you're working on a book. You're going to be like dropping a new book soon and stuff like that. Did, did I miss that? Did I get that memo wrong? I am like, <laughs> I've been, I haven't started it. I have the, um, and it, it keeps changing. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I am, I will be putting a book out at some point. Um, it's been on the same, it's going to be on, on customer onboarding the customer journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I'm really passionate about. Uh, but I don't know, in the, you know, we've, I've thought of different, different themes and different uh, d- ways to deliver it. So uh, stay tuned for that. I, I don't have a date, but I'm hoping <laughs> by the, you know, by the end of next year, for sure. There's nothing like being called out by your buddy. Like, let's, let's Thank get you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness. So man, I got to ask this next question. What's the, been the proudest moment of your career so far? There's got to be a time when you look back and you go, damn. I think, and this was most recently, whenever I had my, whenever I had my first employee, not my first, first employee, but the first employee to hit a uh, six figure monthly or not monthly awesome right yeah to six figure annual income Mm -hmm. Um, that was that was really really cool i didn't 
I never, I didn't realize that how much uh, gratification I'd get out of that. Did you, you changed somebody's life like immensely, like a six figure income is a, is a huge goal for a lot of people, dude. So yeah, yeah. well that I can understand you taking immense amount of pride in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. Like they say, if uh, you're not a baller until your employees are, are ballers. Ballers are on the payroll. Right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> talking of being a baller and putting everything you got into your business, I know uh, you've got a wife and a little family, dude. How do you get the best out of that? How do you manage to balance owning and operating both of these companies with uh, the family life? You got any advice for the guys listening on that? Uh, listen at home, right? And whenever you know. Uh, now now these are these are guys we're talking to mainly. Yeah, it's right. mainly guys. <laughs> so. I kind of don't. I, I'm not the best at that either. Um, <laughs> you know, we travel a lot. The date we do a weekly date night. That's we say it's mandatory, but we and we don't do it every week. But you know, we we try to go out at least once a week, right? Do something fun. Mm -hmm. Get out of the house. We don't have kids, so it's not like, um, it's it's not as. Uh, uh, I, I understand why people who have kids do it. Like it's mandatory, got to get out, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it's you know we try to get out as much as we can. We travel, you know, pretty extensively, um, and uh, you know, I mean, it's just you know, got to mix it up a little bit, right? I mean, I come home and I mean, it's you know, it's shit. It's stressful to run one business. It's very stressful to run two. Um, you, when you have the right team in place, it it makes it less stressful, but it's still there nonetheless. And so. To kind of go back to where we were talking about, I mean, she she comes home and she listens to me bitch all the time, not about my boss, but about <laughs> my clients, and you know, and just like, I mean, you know what it's like, Sam. You get just, you know, being an entrepreneur, you just get shit on all day a lot of times, and you know, so yeah, um, I I equate it to like it's like being kicked in the balls enough times till you you forget how much it hurts, so you can just keep moving forward. You know, there's a there's a lot to it. Um, yeah. Like, the day I started firing clients was another one of the day. Like whenever I had enough balls to actually fire somebody, not, mm -hmm. a, not an employee, a client, that was another, that was another really proud, proud day for me. I felt so good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first time I fired a client, I was 32 and not quite as experienced as that. And my, my buddy David will recount this story with great glee because she she said you can't talk to me like that and i said i own the fucking building get out <laughs> and I, I don't think i've ever felt as liberated quite as, right. as that particular day so uh so yeah firing firing clients is scary though because at, at first you worry about you know you're gonna lose lose that money tell us another lesson chris that you would maybe tell yourself from five or ten years ago uh, something that you've learned that you carry with you like that because it's okay to fire clients oh yeah five you know we had to yeah I mean, yeah um <laughs> i was I, I was on a call yesterday with um with with uh with a group of insurance agents and one of the guys asked me he said what's like the number one thing that you wish you knew 10 years ago or 15 years ago whenever you started your business and it kind of took me back caught me off guard a little bit but after I thought about it, it's when you, I, I wish I would have taken my ego out of things a lot earlier. And, and that, cause that was something I really struggled with. I wanted to be the man, like, mm -hmm. 
be the dude, right? Like, man, this guy's got his shit together. And um, because of that, I really, I, I really think I stunted my growth because I wasn't willing to let anybody help me, right? I had to do it myself. I had to be the, you know, I had to be the big man. And, uh, you know, letting ego get in the way of a lot of decisions, a lot of partnerships, a lot of opportunities that I blew because I wasn't willing to play second fiddle. And uh, I think, you know, kind of that goes along with the core values. When you start dialing that in, you realize that it's like, yeah, that was that was the number one. Really wish I could go back in time. That's that's <laughs> the only thing. That's one of the only things I would change. Yeah, man. You know, I really struggled with that a lot, being that, you know, I was the best. Nobody could do this better than me. Um, the ego was definitely there. And going through um, the losing of, uh, of, of a company and, and crashing my life completely, it taught me the humility that I needed. It taught me a little bit of empathy. It taught me that, that you know, maybe there's, there's other ways to do this. Was there like a key event with you, like a light bulb going off that said, hey man, maybe it's time to lay this ego to the side. I don't know, come back to me on that one. Let me, <laughs> let me think about that. I know there was a whole, there was a, there was a number of things that happened uh, kind of all consecutively before I moved up here from Tampa to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. um and it was I, I couldn't blame it i couldn't pinpoint it to one particular i think it was a, a combination of a lot of uh destructive things both personally and professionally that i was that i was doing mm -hmm. um and you know there was a I, I i did not lose everything luckily but i would say that i was very um i had some definitely uh some some wake-up moments right um that, uh -huh. you know, so i got a there's a chance that you know, fortunately for me, I was given, I don't want to say given a chance, but I was, I didn't, I didn't lose everything. I was able to correct before I did. Otherwise I would have for sure. Well, I mean, that's, that's how you get good at sailing a boat is going through a few storms, right? That's, yeah, that's, uh, right. that's, that's how we learn. So man, dude, I'm running out of questions to ask you. We've been burning through this interview. Um, tell me something unique about yourself. Ooh. Um, you know, I well, see, I see ducks behind you. I see, I see grass. You have grass in a plant pot, which just seems strange to me. You've got sixty-six <laughs> coop. You've got some numchucks sitting on your your yeah. shelf. I mean, are you a Bruce Lee fan? What are we doing with those? Man, this, this is like my tchotchke wall. <laughs> so, like, I um, anytime I saw something cool at like uh like you know, I was like, oh, that'll be cool. And then also, you know, so I just have, I just, I acquire shit, right? Mm -hmm. My whole garage is filled with stuff. I'm like, oh, that would be, that would be really cool at some point. And, you know, and it ends up, you know, not, not becoming anything. I think with the wall behind me, cause it's actually, you're seeing two and a half. There's actually four of them. So it's about triple the size of what you're seeing gotcha. um, or double the size. But, you know, a lot of it just had to do with me just kind of, you know, feeling space. Cause I didn't want to look empty back there, but like, <laughs> you, You'll see a couple of the ducks. Um, so initially in the credit card processing business, whenever I, uh, um, when we brought somebody on, we would send out like a thank you letter or welcome letter or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then I had one of my swag guys reach out to me and say that, uh, hey, we, we fucked up and we ordered a whole lot of ducks. And I said, what do you mean ducks? And he's like, you know, like the, like the squeaky ducks that you would put in the bathtub or that. I think what ended up happening was I think they ordered for 
you know those ducky races yeah 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 yeah. Where you, you get your number on the bottom of the duck and you, you buy toss, toss them in the river. Yeah, they do that in my hometown every year. It's like it's, a, it's an annual highlight, the duck race. Right. Like, exactly. And I think what ended up happening initially was somebody ordered too much, right? Or too, too many of them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, if you want these, you can have them for free. And I took them. So we started sending them out to people and they, we got a uh, we got a pretty solid response. So then the next batch we did, we're like, hey, let's go ahead and pop our logo on them. Um, and that's something that we did for years. We don't. We don't do it anymore. We probably should now that I'm talking about it, just because it was one of those random ass things. You're like, why did you send me a duck with like a thank you card? <laughs> There's a duck in here. And I said, well, just put it on your desk. Right. And then, it, you know, whenever I'm because people put it on their desk. Right. So it was, it was another way for me to stay top of mind. It, I have a duck on my desk. Look, it's a yeah. small it's a small business surgeon. Yeah. Duck. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's the, of, of all the things. I, well, I don't it's know what wild, it is. Right. Like you, people like dumb shit. Right. And yeah. so. You know, the tchotchkes and stuff. It's like if you can send something out to, uh, you know, I just I just uh, met a guy that does. I'm a I'm a shoe guy, right? Like I really like sneakers. Mm-hmm. And I met a guy through one of the other people in Apex that is that does custom Jordans. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So like so that's something that, you know, I I'll probably get a pair done for me that I'll probably never wear. Right. Because it sounds pretty because it's pretty cool. But. I'm just thinking for like a, as a client, like, you know, top tier, you know, high level, best friend, client, like, you know, rock star, you know, thank you, you know, type people. Well, how cool of a gift would that be, right? Somebody sends you a pair of custom Jordans, like completely with your logo or, you know, something that's really sentimental to you. Dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Be we, cool. I might need his name after the show. Yeah, I'll like. hook you up with him. <laughs> yeah. Canadian, Canadian guy. So. Oh, man. I, I, always, I always like Canadians. Yeah, anyway. Very nice. <laughs> it's neither here nor there no Canada's far <laughs> it's like America's hat <laughs> <laughs> shit what does I, that make Mexico then I you know what I I I, I don't want to know you answer me later it's cool yeah not on the air mate not on the air <laughs> I don't know what other value I can extract from you for the audience man I'm I'm struggling now. I don't normally run out of things to talk about um, I see you got 66 coupe on a license plate behind you. Are you a car guy? I was, yeah. So um, impulse buy, literally my buddy Nick Heldreth, I haven't talked to him for a while. Um, I met him in uh, uh, backpacking in Costa Rica. I was there with one of my buddies, Paul. Anyway, this guy, this like cruel dude, world traveler, uh, hung out with him for a few days, gave him my number. He, he called me like a week later. He's like, hey, bro, I'm going to be in Florida for like two weeks. Can I stay with you? I was like, oh. Yeah, sure. I guess. Right. <laughs> Why so, not? <laughs> yeah. Cool dude. Right. I was, you know, early twenties, a single. So whatever. I mean, like yeah, I had no, like now I couldn't let that shit. Chris would be like, what the fuck? You <laughs> it doesn't apply now. Back in your twenties, you could get away with that shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he came to stay with me and we were driving down uh, Kennedy Boulevard in Tampa one day. And there was a guy who had just put this out as a, as a Cadillac um, Coupe de Ville convertible uh, it was white, had red, like the burgundy interior, oh, yeah. black top, had the convertible down. We were driving by. He's like, that's a cool car. And this was kind of when my ego was like, really, was. Really, I was like, yeah, that's the pretty cool car. And then I was like, I wonder how much it is because I wanted to show off. Right. And, you know, so we went and it was, I think it was only $12,000 or something. I say only, but that well, yeah. it was, yeah, at, at that point. So I bought it like on the spot. Right. And so I had a custom plate for it in the front. We called her Big Girl, right? Because the thing mm-hmm. was, it was like 19 feet long or something like that. Yeah. But 
the old big, big, big Cadillac V8 engine in it. Um, and so, yeah, I kept that for a while. And, uh, you know, and then I really, it was very, very hard to store and also even harder to keep clean. And it was starting to rust and stuff like that. So we, we got rid of it about eight years ago. Well, they're super long. You can't fit them in, uh, in modern garages. Mm-mm. No, they're, 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 they're terrible, those garages. Well, I, lo- I love a car guy. I love a car story. I think that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs like the cars. I, you, are you done with that or are you still into it? I mean, you know, so I have my, I have my daily driver and then I have a Jeep that I, you know, that I, that I drive around. It's, um, I beat the absolute shit out of it. I don't, I, I never put my, like the top is never on except for in the winter. So it rained <laughs> today, it was sitting out in the driveway without a top on. So whatever, but yeah, that's most, <laughs> most Jeep guys I know. Um, it's very rare. They put the doors on them. Oh yeah. So as soon as in, in North Carolina, right. So in like March, March ish is when spring starts. And the, the literally the first you know doors come off, they stay off until probably mid-November, maybe December. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 fun. It's I love that car, man. You can just beat the beat the shit out of it. So. Yeah, yeah. Everybody needs a Jeep at some yeah. point. At some point in their lives. Yeah. So, uh, what's one of the trappings of success? What's one of the little rewards that you've bought yourself that you just couldn't live without nowadays? Tell me something like like fun that you've got. Um, we, we we've got a few houses right which are which are fun mm-hmm. um we had a we had a pretty solid vacation house for a while and i i got a little impulsive and sold it a couple of years ago thinking that we'd be able to flip it into something nicer and then uh, then covid happened and then the market took off and so we're still waiting for that opportunity i don't think you have much longer to wait sir <laughs> I, <know. Right? laughs> I mean yeah it's um i i know i hope i, I really hope i have actually a va um doing uh in that in the markets that we want to buy back into mm-hmm. that are reaching out to people who uh maybe getting a little bit older um you know we have access to those types of records and so we're doing the you know cash offer type stuff hopefully we'll be able to pick something up here if the market turns you know un- unfortunately we don't want to um you know fair market but you know, yeah yeah I, I don't think anybody's uh, actively wishing for a recession to be upon us. I think we're just all kind of looking, going, right, well, this is the situation we're in. So what right. can we do to make the most of that situation? So aside from looking at real estate, what other pointers have you got for people that are looking at maybe something they could put money into um, to weather out this uh, this upcoming storm? See, do your research, right? Yes. There's a lot of... Um, there's, I'm, in, I am, I'm, I'm involved in a whole lot of stuff mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of really exciting stuff. Like, so for instance, I'm, I've, I kind of, I've been dicking around a little bit in like, in like the, like, I don't want to call them black market crypto coins, but the, you know, very, very small market cap crypto type stuff. It's very, very, very volatile. I think the, um, the technical term is shit coins. Shit coins. Yeah. Shit yeah. Coins, I wasn't yeah. sure how, yeah. I wasn't sure, but yeah, <laughs> shit coin. Yeah. Um, they're a lot of fun, right? Dude, like, I, I watch I watch that stuff. I, I'm in a couple of those groups in those forums. I watch it, but man, like Are you in Ben's group? Uh Ben Buck uh Buckwater. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm on his not in his paid group. I follow his, his paid, I, I follow his, his stuff. Yeah. His his uh his free stuff is about a day behind. So uh, okay. Well maybe maybe so I'll uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll bring him on the show because I, I love I love looking at crypto and talking about it and stuff. And You'd be a good guest. Dude. I mean, I've... you're talking, this shit is so volatile. Like, you'll throw, you, I'll throw 300 bucks at something, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in there's one recently that I put 300 in 
and it you know it went it went 50x in 48 hours right and it went it went down just as fast as it went yeah. up right but, so if you 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 can you can never time it but if you watch it and you follow it you know you just take profits along the way and you know i don't know i think that is it like been, is it like trading stocks to where you could put like a trailing stop loss on it, a certain percentage? No, not yet. I really, <laughs> really wish they had that. Because that's right? what, you know, that's what you, you do, but yeah. That would be so cool if you could automate it. But unfortunately, there's nothing that I've seen out there that does it. And if anybody is listening that does, please, uh, please, please email me, Chris at ElevateOutsourcing.com and let me know because yeah. that way I wouldn't have to watch it all the time. But I mean, that's, you know, it's fun. Like you're not, we're not throwing lots of money at things, right? right? right. Some people are, but you know, for me, it's a couple hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks there, you know, whatever. I mean, anything you're comfortable losing, I mean, you know, um, but you know, only one or two have popped off so far, but it's, you know, we're definitely I mean, not. That's all you need mm -hmm. at 300 bucks a pop, you know, like, yeah. cause uh, what? Uh, 50x 300 so what 15 grand yeah yeah so i mean you only need a couple don't you and it makes it uh, makes it worthwhile you got some of these guys out here that are make that are you know they're playing with big boy money yeah in this turning like the one that i got up 15 grand on i'm, I'm not even i didn't completely cash out but there was a guy who cashed thirty thousand dollars that day mm -hmm. and he got in late right but he's just playing with 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 more commas than most of us so. yeah 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 i've never uh I've never been one to gamble like that. No, right. I, I prefer the, but, but you know, maybe that's why I miss out, but I, I prefer that slow and steady and, and predictable yeah. kind of stuff, you know? And uh, yeah, throwing, I, I could see throwing a few hundred bucks on that, but. Yeah, a couple hundred bucks here and there, no problem. I, I find, I find the, the wallets and all that stuff confusing. I find it at the, about the edge of my understanding. Oh yeah. You that's know? a, that's got a big learning curve. Cause yeah. it's not like, you're not just going on Coinbase and like no. typing in and there's like exchanges and mm -hmm. the, I mean, there's, it's a multi-step process. Yeah. That's very I, challenging. I, I've, I've read through it several times and still haven't had the, uh, still haven't had the, the testicular fortitude to just pull the trigger on it. But you know, maybe, Ben's group? you know, I think, I think I should. Um, there's so many groups though for investing. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's difficult to know which ones to follow. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tim's group where he's doing his options trading. I follow along with that yeah. in, the, in the pay group there, but, uh, there's so yeah. much, so many of them. It's difficult to know where to put my attention. <clears throat> All right. I'm not going to keep you much longer, Chris. We've uh, we've gone over. I always ask about books, and I always ask about life lessons. But you know, we we've gone over books, and we've gone over life lessons. But the the books you had talked about, um, they were specific to to the outsourcing kind of world. Um, and I noticed some really really cool books on your bookshelf behind you. I can uh, see Alex Hormozy's book there, uh, the hundred million dollar offers. I game changer, man. Yeah, I can see uh, what's that? The the it looks like the closer. I can't I can't quite read. But tell me about a couple of uh, badass game changer books that uh, that you've read that you think the viewers could get some serious benefit out of. That aren't so, Alex Hormozy because Alex Hormozy yeah. is the shit. That's that's like everybody. A, I'm just like I know everybody talks about it. That's it's one of the best. It's, it, dude, it's like a, it's like a bible. It's um it's I, like a year old too, which is crazy. I think I've read it five times now. I've got pages of notes on it. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. It really does unlock a lot of shit. He's got another one coming out here soon too. Um, called like Hundred Million Dollar Leads or something like that. Oh, I, yeah, I need to get that. Um, so so traction. Right. And Rocket yes, Fuel, you yes. know, Wickman, big, mm -hmm. big, big, big books. Um, if you want to just kind of get a kind of get a grasp on where your business is going mm -hmm. uh, or where where it is currently. 
Uh, Patty McCord's got a good one called Powerful. I haven't um, heard of that one. She was the C. She. Uh, shit. The chief human resources officer at Netflix. And so she was talking about this. That whole book's about how she built a culture. Yeah. At Netflix, which mm-hmm. was which was pretty cool. And it's an easy read. I bet that's worth a read, though. Yeah. It's just a little fella, right? Like, I don't know, like 200 pages or something like that. So you can get that one, you know, through uh, through pretty quickly. One that I've recently read that helped me a lot was, you know, the five love languages, right? For Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have one for the workplace. It's called like the five languages in the workplace or something like that. No, it's very similar. Same concepts, but it's, uh, you know, it, it really helps with being able to uh, deliver feedback constructive you know criticism praise yeah yeah Yeah. oh i bet like and uh yeah if you accompanied that with like you know acts of service and giving gifts like if uh if if somebody criticized you and then gave you some cookies it probably wouldn't be as bad would it yeah and then also there's one called robert uh robert caldini um persuasion oh yeah it's a really 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 good persuasion ramosi talks about that one all the time too yeah, I find it interesting when I listen to different podcasters and read different authors. I find it interesting to see who their mentors were and who like they learned from and stuff like that and go back to the root. And I think you find right. there's a, there's only about 20 books on all of this and every right. single every book other book stems from one of those foundational books. So yep. um but yep. there's always new stuff to learn. Always, my man. All right, Chris, I'm not going to take any more of your time, dude. I've had a blast interviewing you today. For the listeners that have enjoyed what they've heard, maybe want to learn a little bit more about you and a little bit more about outsourcing, um, where can they follow you and where can they get a hold of you online? Yeah, great. So uh, Chris Killey on Facebook, K-I-L-L-E. Killey in the name of is my personal Instagram. So (laughs) K-I-L-L-E-I-N-T-H-E-N-A-N-E-O-F. and then elevate outsourcing across all the channels. Yeah. So we're about to start doing a whole lot of stuff on YouTube as well. Um, I'm working with a, with a guy who, you know, we're getting, so a lot of the videos we do now are under 90 seconds, right? Just mm-hmm. for the quick reels yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But we're going to start putting out a lot of content that's going to be in that three to six minute range. Um, you know, very, very, very quickly. We already have it all planned out. We just have to shoot it. So, uh, so yeah, so that'll be coming as well. Um, nice. Yeah, just give us a follow. Yeah, you're one of those guys that uh, he's got some compelling content. It's uh, it's pretty fun to watch. I enjoy seeing it come by on my uh, on my screen. So, thank you for contributing, guys. Um, do me a favor. If you've enjoyed today's show, head on over to Chris's socials. It's Chris Killy. Uh, go give him a follow. We'll put all those links in the show notes. And uh, you know, if you're a small business owner and you're thinking about taking that step into into hiring, um, outsourcing can certainly be a really, really good stepping stone to get you where you need to go. So check Chris's stuff out. Give him a like give him a share and uh, as always you can find us on instagram and facebook at small business surgeon uh when you share the show it helps us to grow so thanks for that chris thank you so much for coming on today man i really appreciate you hanging out with us sam i appreciate the hell out of you thanks for the invite (laughs) thank you brother all right guys that's it from me for today you'll be good stay safe and tune in at the end of this week and i'll have another friday fire for you guys all right you'll be good This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review.
This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.